Luke chapter 22, verses 1 through 23. Now, the feast of unleavened bread drew near, which is called the Passover. And the chief priests and the scribes were seeking how to put him to death, for they feared the people. Then Satan entered into Judas, called Iscariot, who was of the number of the twelve. He went away and conferred with the chief priests and officers how he might betray him to them. And they were glad and agreed to give him money. So he consented and sought an opportunity to betray him to them in the absence of a crowd. Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. So Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us, that we may eat it. They said to him, Where will you have us prepare it? He said to them, Behold, when you have entered the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him into the house that he enters, and tell the master of the house, The teacher says to you, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large upper room furnished. Prepare it there. And they went and found it just as he had told them. And they prepared the Passover. And when the hour came, he reclined at table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Mm. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. But behold, the hand of him who betrays me is with me on the table. For the Son of Man goes as it has been determined, but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to question one another, which of them it could be who was going to do this. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. So we are we are really, really close to the summit of the mountain here, Will. <laughs> um, and today we have the institution of the Lord's Supper, uh, which is obviously, you know, one of the paramount moments of, of Jesus' ministry that we still observe most Sundays and really every Sunday around the world, uh, you know, millions of people are observing it. And so, you know, we have Judas betraying Jesus and, and the Passover and the hour has finally come. And we see Jesus orchestrating this moment uh, so much and so much so that he he sends the disciples on this very orchestrated mission to go meet a man carrying a jar of water. And uh, it's just awesome. I feel like the further into Luke we get, the more awesome and authoritative Jesus seems. And uh, and so what are your thoughts on on everything going on here? Yeah, that that's almost like a, I was thinking of like a Mission Impossible kind of moment there. Which, yes. You, know, I you walk exactly. into the city and there's going to be a yeah. man with a jar of water and then you got to follow him yeah. and um, or like in the office, Dwight Schrute's uh, his like perfect crime monologue. Like, <laughs> I steal the chandelier. I meet the banker's daughter. We fall in love. <laughs> like all that. So I love it. Um, yeah. Okay. So a lot going on here. We've got this section is kind of bookended by betrayal, right? The betrayal, Judas, um, Satan entering into Judas. That's a difficult theological question. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then you know Judas 
reaching out to the chief priests and getting money uh, to portray Jesus. And then we get the institution of the Last Supper, and then it comes back at the end. Um, and the disciples are confused, naturally. Who could possibly betray Jesus? The, the betrayer is in the room. It's kind of like a clue moment, right? <laughs> that mm -hmm. moment. Uh, yeah. So um, the focus, though, is obviously the, the Lord's Supper here. And what a powerful moment for Jesus to communicate to his disciples. First, this is the last time that we will be together and eating mm. together uh, in this kind of way. But in saying that, he is already anticipating the wedding banquet of the Lamb in heaven, yeah. right? Yeah. I won't drink of this again until the kingdom of God comes. And you see mm. this described in Revelation where once again, he's going to be eating and drinking with his disciples. Uh, and so mm. what a, a beautiful anticipation, but that that moment of triumph comes on the other side of mm. what appears to be defeat and what definitely involves suffering and great pain. And Jesus knows what's ahead of him, but because of his love for his people, he endures it. Mm. You know, I think verse seven is just so profound. And um, I do not think that Luke, you know, aimlessly mm. threw this phrase in here, but he's already told us that, you know, it's the, it's the time of the Passover, the, the feast of unleavened bread. In verse seven, he says, then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Yeah, I was and, struck by exactly that too when I was reading this before. Oh my gosh. I, not, yeah. I hadn't noticed that little detail before. Me neither. Yeah. Me neither. And, and that is just so profound. Like the, the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. And, you know, and this is the day that Christ is betrayed. And, you know, we we have already seen in Luke, he he knows exactly what's going to happen. And, you know, we we've mentioned this um maybe a few times throughout this series, but Jesus says elsewhere, you know, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it back up again. And so th there's, there's nothing aimless or, or accidental mm -hmm. about the betrayal of Christ, but, but he knows he's going to be betrayed. He knows um, when and where, and it's on the day that the Passover lamb had to be, uh, had to be slain. And, you know, this is just, it, we could just nerd out for so long on the beautiful complexity of the Bible because we, we studied the transfiguration earlier where Jesus is speaking to Moses and Elijah and Luke tells us that the three of them were, they were speaking of Christ's departure that was about to happen. And that Greek mm. word for departure is his exodus. Mm. Um, and mm. so they're speaking of Christ's exodus and here we have, the Passover meal, the Passover lamb, which inaugurated the exodus of Israel. And so um, I hope that other people's minds are blowing up yeah. as much as mine is right now. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, what else do you see here? Well, I think another thing that's valuable for us to reflect on is we're going through these ODR episodes while we're going through a series of sermons mm on Jesus's final seven sayings from yep. the cross. Uh, yep. And so this anticipation of the cross is really ratcheted up at this point in the mm -hmm. gospel. And I think that adds so much context and depth to those moments that we're thinking about on Sunday mornings 
or yeah. Sunday afternoons if you go to the five o'clock uh, of, uh, you know, of Jesus in the midst of this moment that he's here anticipating. Uh, but mm. what does he accomplish? He accomplishes something through which not only those disciples who are around the table with him here, but everyone who will believe in him throughout time gets to, in some sense, join into this meal, this mm. moment. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we all, when we take the bread and the wine, it is as if we're sitting around this table with him. Uh, mm. which is a powerful thing. And I think it's easy to just go through the motions when it comes to the Lord's Supper, uh, mm-hmm. but to stop and really reflect on what Jesus was facing in that moment, but then what he would accomplish and how that that is enabling, even for you to be able to do that, <laughs> uh, what yeah. it took, right? The Son of God dying on a cross so that you, even if it's a, you know a little tiny thimble full of grape juice or something, you know, and a little Mm. bit of bread or a little cracker, whatever, however you take the Lord's Supper, um, Mm. it's symbolic of something even richer and deeper. And so we we do this in remembrance of him and his great accomplishment on our behalf. Yeah. And, you know, bread and wine are such interesting uh, symbols throughout scripture because most symbols kind of have like a thing that they symbolize generally. But, you know, bread and wine, they both kind of go either way. You know, like we we have images throughout the prophets and, and whatnot of like the bread of affliction, um, you know, the bread of tears, the bread of adversity and whatnot. And then um, wine is often used in these passages about God's judgment. Like he's going to give, whether he's speaking of these wicked nations or of the wicked people of Israel, he, he you know, talks about giving them the cup of staggering and then making his sword mm-hmm. drunk on their wine and on the blood of their wine. Like it's a very gruesome, it's a, it's a wine of wrath. Mm-hmm. But then on the other side, bread, you know, can symbolize and stand for God's provision, um, his kindness, the bounty of the kingdom of God um, and wine. You know, it's, it's kind of like this recreational luxurious beverage. Like it, it represents the joy of God's people and, and his kindness. And, I think what we sort of see in the Lord's Supper is, you know, Christ has come to drink the cup of wrath and to drink it down to its dregs um, and, and to eat the bread of affliction, to be a man of sorrows. And and what he offers to his people it is a cup of joy. It's the cup of his kingdom, of the new covenant. And so there's this great exchange that's happening here that, you know, in a sense, Christ, he, he's exchanged the riches of heaven to, to take on the, the flesh and blood of sinful people. And then through his perfect life, through his sacrificial death, he is offering them perfect flesh and blood, perfect mm-hmm. bread and wine. And so it's a very profound meal. You know, it, it's, there, there's so many layers of, of symbolism and biblical history that just come to life in it. Well, a great uh, a great word and you know, it's only gonna get it's only gonna get better from here. So continue <laughs> to stick with us in the book of Luke for Will Kinds. This is Will Carlisle and we will see tomorrow as things heat up on our daily rhythm. Thanks for listening to our daily rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and our daily rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. 
If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.